0: So good that we could all be together. This is my favorite day of the week. Uh, Is when we get to gather together for a little bit on a Sunday morning, and uh, I just hope that uh, if this is your first time, I hope that you'll feel like you're part of us. We want you to feel welcome in this place this morning. I want to share a couple words of appreciation and thanks for a couple things going on around here. Um, First of all, thank you in the month of October, uh, this church. You just your your cards to the pastors, your texts, your your uh, emails, um, your your gifts, your tokens of appreciation. uh, None of of them go unappreciated by each of us, and we just say thank you so much. But beyond that, thank you for the way you love us all year long. Thank you that you're not a church that waits till October. Uh, So many of you, this is just a great church. I'm so thankful to be a part. Our our team is thankful to be a part of this church, so we thank you this morning. The other thing I want to thank you for is a couple weeks ago, we gave out a challenge that we are outgrowing our volunteers and our children's. Um, on Wednesday nights, and uh, especially Wednesday nights, but Sunday mornings too, and we need more volunteers. And you guys stepped up and rose to the challenge, and I want to thank you this morning, and I just want to encourage you, uh, keep it up. But thank you, so many of you stepped up, and we are um, so grateful. I know Pastor Christie is grateful for that. The last thing before the message this morning is you have uh, some um, uh, notes. They don't look like this this morning, but you have some notes in front of you. And there's a lot of fill in the blanks. If you're one of those that you love fill in the blanks, this is your Sunday. You pick the mother of all Sundays to come to church because there's fill in the blanks on the front and the back. And so um, if you didn't get those around you, I see a few looking for them. Uh, Apologize, you're supposed to get those on the way in. But if you are one of those that you look at all those notes and you say, this just feels like homework, you know, (laughs) I'm coming to church for some rest and some Sabbath and it feels like homework today. Don't let that discourage you. I want to say the, the Paper that we use is the perfect weight uh, for a, a, a paper airplane. It really is the perfect weight. So don't let it discourage you if you're not a note taker. We don't want you to feel any, you know, make a good one today and see if you can, you know, beat that. I, I, I nailed you. I didn't mean to do that, but it woke you up. So it accomplished the purpose. So, hey, anyway, uh, so glad you're with us today. I want to share with you this morning a little bit of a story. Um, it's about a pastor. Uh, this particular pastor had a parrot. And this parrot constantly was saying, he taught him to say some things, but he's trying to teach him more. But he only said, let's pray, let's pray. And he couldn't get his parrot to learn anything else. It was always, let's pray, let's pray. But then he heard about one of his board members who also had a parrot. And his parrot said, let's kiss, let's kiss. And that's all this parrot would say is, let's kiss, let's kiss. So the pastor was like, hey, I would, he invited the board member over to his house and invited the parrot to come with him. And uh, when the board member came, he put both those parrots in the same cage, wanted to see what might happen. And the board member's uh, parrot said, let's kiss, let's kiss. And the pastor's parrot said, thank the Lord, my prayers have been answered. (laughs) So this morning, uh, this is actually the last message of our series. It's about prayer. And it's also a good segue to where we're going to next week as we're doing a new two-week series on marriage. And uh, we need lots of prayer for that. And uh, God wants to help us. Uh, Pastor Dustin and I actually are each going to take a message. It's just a two-week short series uh, before we head into a series uh, four weeks leading up to Christmas. Christmas called Missing Peace. We all need peace in our lives. And we know where the, we feel like we have the answer for us to that question. So I hope that you'll join us for leading up to Christmas. But the next two weeks, and if you're, even if you're not married, there's principles that apply. And some of you might want to be married one day. And there's principles that applied as well, too. So um, Pastor Dustin's going to take a message. I'm going to take a message. Uh, we're calling this series for better or worse. I said, I'll take the better. Dustin, you take the worse. And so, uh, anyway, no, we, uh, we are looking forward to the next couple weeks. Hope you'll join us. Uh, but we've been in this this series called Vintage Faith. Uh, vintage is something that has been produced well at a time that something was produced well in our lives. And uh, we've been calling the series Vintage Faith. Really, it's about seven uh, habits of effective Christians. Seven habits that those who are following Jesus, that have, 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 and this has gone on for centuries, that has, that has served people well in growing their faith. Now, I do want to just say something about these habits that we've been talking about, both today and the last six weeks. Um, habits aren't our salvation. Uh, habits don't make us a follower of Jesus. They don't They don't bring to us salvation. We're saved by grace through faith so that no one can boast. It's only because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us that we are saved and by receiving that by faith. But there are uh, habits that we engage in that help us grow in that faith. I would equate it to also our, our physical health. And so there's times in my life I'm a yo-yo dieter, I'm a yo-yo eater, and exerciser, and in those seasons and time when I'm exercising and eating healthier, I feel better. I have more energy. Um, you may not recognize it when I went to bogeys last night at eight o'clock and had a shake, but my body recognizes it, and my wife recognizes it when I want to come home after work and I just want to, you know, I want to sleep more. I want to take more naps. Those are are, you know, it doesn't. You would know the difference. You would know the difference. But I, I know the difference, and I know what a difference it makes when I, when I eat healthier and when I take care of myself a little bit more. I, I feel more energy. I feel more energetic. The same is true in our relationship with the Lord. Our spiritual life is this doesn't save us, but it does help us to be healthier. It helps us to grow in health. And so we've been talking, if you're here for the first time, let me just recap the seven habits we've been talking about. You can always go back online to hutchfirstnaz.org and go to our message series and look at previous series. But let me just rehash a few of these this morning. Uh, The first week we talked about authentic community. Talked about how we're just better together. God didn't create us to be alone; He created us to be together. So we talk about life groups is one of the things we talk around about around about here. Um, We also talk about how it's just we're so thankful uh, you're joining us online today. We're so glad you're here. But there's just something about being in the room together. There's something that is it's there's something about when you go to a football game or a basketball game. It's fun to watch it on TV, and sometimes you actually see it better. But there's something about being with other people. We were meant. be together we're better together so we talked about that we talked about biblical engagement that we can't love someone if we don't know someone if we don't spend time with someone and the way that we get to know God is through his love letter to us it's through the scriptures it's through the word and so we we pull out our Bibles as a way to get to know God and the more we know him the more we're able to love him then there we talked about joyful generosity and humble service And we're never more like Jesus than when we're serving and we're giving. Uh, Jesus came. He gave everything he had. He came to serve, not to be served. Then we talked about um, organic outreach. And I just have to say on this one, um, sometimes people may wonder, why do we do this crazy thing that brings out... Three or 4,000 crazy people, you know, dressed up in costumes and things each year. Uh, this is our why. And some of you that maybe saw this on our uh, Facebook or social media this week or Instagram, I wanted to share with those of you that didn't get to see this. Uh, the Gregorys attended our church, our, our trunk or treat event three years ago, and it impacted their family greatly. And this is our why, why we do this. Uh, Jenny, um, the mom, said this We were searching for a church. Where we could be ourselves, and where we could safely and gracefully grow in our faith, coming to the trunk and treat or treat allowed us to feel that love from the entire HFN family. When we tried out the church for the first time, we met with the same. We were met with the same welcoming, loving, forgiving arms, and it's never stopped in the three years we've been attending. We've only grown. In our church journey, we we're, we're also trying hard to find a children's program where our kids felt comfortable and where they could grow in their faith, and HFN was the perfect fit. We have been incredibly blessed by our time at HFN, and it felt like it all came full circle this year as I was able to volunteer and give back to such a meaningful event to our family in our community and so i just want to say that's the reason why that's why jesus his words to us his marching orders to us was go not come not stay but to to go and so we want to that's part of uh growing in our faith and today and last week i'm sorry last week we talked about worship that worship is um vital to us worship is our weapon uh when we worship uh you know, fear. We talked about fear uh, can't be in the same place where there's worship. When we worship, it replaces our worry with wonder. And today we're talking about prayer. Prayer is a discipline that helps us grow in our faith. It's something, if we practice these, the prayer and these other six qualities, um, there's something that will help our faith grow. And it's, it's practice, No one does this perfectly. I don't do this perfectly. You don't do this perfectly. But these are things that we practice. And when they're part of our practice, they help us grow in our faith. I believe this about prayer today. As we head into a marriage series next week for two weeks, I believe this. I believe the couple that prays together stays together. Because it's hard not to be for someone that you're praying for. And we know the word for means, well, you see those T-shirts around here? For means that you're in favor of. We know this world has a lot of things that they're against. There are a lot of things that um, even the church sometimes shows what they're against. But for means that you're in favor of. God is for us, so who could be against us? And and if you are praying for someone, then it's hard not to be for that someone. And so today, we're going to take a look at the best passage on prayer, from the words of Jesus. In Luke, in the Gospel of Luke, the disciples came to Jesus, and they said, teach us how to pray. They'd watched him pray, they'd been with him, they'd spent three years with him, they came to him, they said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. I'm not taking the Luke account, I'm actually taking the Matthew account, because there's, a, there's some background to the Matthew account I think that is helpful for our discussion today. So if you wanna join me, Matthew chapter six, verses five through 15. as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And, and this is so important. Jesus didn't leave this out. The follow-up to that prayer he says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will for- not forgive your sins. This is is a beloved uh, prayer that so many in and outside of the church know at least parts of it. The Lord's Prayer is what we call it. And today as we kind of dive into this a little bit, I am just, just share to start off with, um, this isn't for your notes yet, we're getting there, we're going to speed things up here in a minute. Uh, but the, you'll see in here that there's six requests in this prayer that Jesus teaches us. Three are for God and about God and three are for us the first three are concerning God hallowed be your name praise name praise the name of Jesus praise God worship him then it says your kingdom come we're to pray as believers for the speed of God's kingdom we want to see God's kingdom come and the third prayer concerning God is that his will would be done on earth as is in heaven. We, those are the three first First part is the, th- the first part of the prayer. The three prayer is concerning God. The second three requests are concerning us, concerning yourselves. Give us, forgive us, and lead us. Give us this day. That, that's dealing, that's praying about our presence. And we all have things that today that we come in here this morning that we're praying about that's in our present life. We're going through it right now or we're, we're in the middle of it. We're praying for those things in our present. Then he, and then he said, forgive us. That's, that's praying to God about our past. It's, it's giving to God our past. It's seeking his forgiveness. It's, it's seeking his help. It's committing our past to him, good, bad, and indifferent. And then lead us is about our future. It's trusting God with our future and, and praying about the things ahead of us. But Jesus started all this before he went into the Lord's Prayer. The first words was, and this is where your notes begin if you want to follow along, is that the attitude is so important. Begin with the right attitude. Jesus said, and when you pray, not if you pray, when you pray. And the person in this room or watching online that feels the least like they're praying, you're praying. It's not a matter of if, but when. In fact, studies for the last several decades have consistently been around the same. Uh, If you asked anybody in the United States in the last year, um, if uh, this last week, about 85% said they prayed this last week. Of that, about 64%, 65% said they prayed more than once a day. Uh, there, there's a lot of prayers. You know, God help me is a prayer of mine. It's probably a prayer of yours as well too. But begin with the right attitude. Not, not if you pray, but when you pray. So begin with the right attitude. So we know we're praying. Uh, most, most people pray. But when you pray, begin with the right attitude. Attitude is the foundation. So it goes on to say, and when you pray... Do not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Does that mean that we never pray like in like we do up here that we don't pray no it's just talking about the attitude in which we pray that we shouldn't pray to you know it shouldn't be one of these oh that was such you know I'm 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 not against a beautiful prayer But God hears the prayer of our heart, not how well it comes out. And so it's not that we can't pray in public, but the attitude, it needs to be a humble attitude. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I love that word. I love that word that so often I think our world thinks we have a God that is ready to come down on them, to condemn them, to, to, to be against them, and, and, and doesn't want the best for us. I believe we have a God who wants to reward us. And and he rewards those things that are done in private. And we have to think what reward is. So oftentimes we tie a reward with uh, a Western culture. Some of you may be thinking about a reward and you're thinking, man, $2 billion lotto ticket. Go get mine today for tomorrow night's drawing. I'm not advocating for that. But you may be thinking about materialism and reward. But the greatest reward is relationship. Many of you uh, in a relationship or if you're you're married or you've been in a relationship before, when that relationship began, when it started, I doubt you pulled out a tally card and said, hmm, this person will help me pay half the bills, half the mortgage, uh, do half the cleaning and half the cooking, half the chores. That's not where it began. Now, that's shared in a relationship, but that's not where it began. You wanted to just have a relationship with the person. You wanted to enjoy the, their company. And the greatest reward that we can get from God is a relationship with him. A relationship that we are as a child of God. So it's, is, uh, there are other rewards, but the greatest reward is a relationship with him. Now, Jesus said, you know, don't pray like the hypocrites. Don't play like the Pharisees who like to be seen by others. Do it humbly. That's one. But the other thing, and for your notes is this. Be real. God wants us to be real. Anybody know what the Be Real app is? I see if you're younger than 20, I guarantee you know what the Be Real app is. So my girls got me going on this Be Real app. It's something that's different than Facebook, supposedly, and Instagram. You're supposed to, when it comes up, and it, I mean, literally, it could pop up on my phone over there. It could pop up there and it says, you got two minutes to take your Be Real app. You really have more than that if you want to. But you're supposed to just take a picture of whatever you're doing, wherever you are. It takes a picture of, of what's in front of you, and it takes a picture of yourself. And it's, sometimes it's just not appropriate to take a picture. Sometimes that comes at, you know, 530 in the morning or 11 o'clock at night in the day. And it's not, so I wait. We don't take the picture then. But you're supposed the idea is instead of being fake book or Facebook, uh, that you're supposed to be real in that moment. And uh, it's, it's not the best app for Be Real because uh, I've seen it so many times. It's like put the lipstick on in less than two minutes and all that stuff. And we just, then we're real. We don't really like to be real. But God wants us to be real with him because he knows what we're thinking. He knows our thoughts. So don't try to impress God like the Pharisees did. Don't try to pray what you think God wants you hear, to hear uh, some different language. You ever know people that when they pray, they begin to sound different? You're like, when you talk to me, that's, what are you doing? What's going on here? Uh, it, you, you hear a different kind of a voice. Don't, don't try to pray the way you think God wants you to hear things. Be revealing. God already knows. God already knows. I am the worst. Uh, some people like to prayer journal. I'm the worst prayer journaler. I've got So many incomplete prayer journals. I'll get on a little kick, and I'll go for a while, and I'll stop for a year, and I'll pick back up, and I don't don't do real well at it. But a a few years ago, I got this five-year journal, and it's perfect. You write four or five lines, and you can look back and see the previous three or four years. I'm on year four right now. And so when I do my journal entry, to, I do it at night, at the end of my day. And usually it's, you know, thanking God for something or sharing something that's on my heart that's, that's, that's heavy. But I just, I, I, I put that short little prayer kind of as a little summary of just what's going on in my mind, what's going on in my thoughts. And uh, as I was preparing this week, I got to Friday, I was reviewing the message. I looked at November 4th, 2019, and this was my journal entry. Father, my prayer life right now is a frustration to me. I feel ineffective, undisciplined, and apathetic. I don't want to be this way. Please help my prayer life and my confidence to grow. You know what God said? He said, I'm done. I'm done with you. I'm demoting you to a board member. (laughs) You're no longer, no, he didn't do that. If you're not catching the humor, I'm just trying to be a little bit, bring some levity. Here's, here's the deal. God knows what our heart's thinking, and, and God loves us the way that we are. Now, some of you are going, man, I wish we had a better pastor that prayed a little bit better, but God loves me the way that I am. God knows my heart. I can't fool God. I can't say something that's going to uh, reverse psychology, if you will. There's nothing that I can't share that he doesn't already know my real thoughts. So be real. That's the first that we start off with prayer is be real. The second is Jesus said, use this model. Use the model that Jesus gave you or has given us. This then is how you should pray. He didn't say this is what you should pray. And it's okay to pray the Lord's Prayer. I've prayed the Lord's Prayer many times. You've prayed the Lord's Prayer. There's nothing wrong with that. But he doesn't say, this is what you should pray, and that's how you should pray all the time. He said, this is how you should pray. And he gives us six principles or six parts to this prayer. And in your notes, let me give you number one. The first one is this. The first thing he tells us is to praise. To praise. I begin by expressing my love to God. I begin by expressing my love to God. In, In your other relationships. If you go to your wife, or you go to your husband, and you're always starting with, would you do this? Would you do this? Would you make sure that this is picked up? Would you make sure this is clean? Would you do this? If you do that day after day, and you do that, you'll be in what the Scripture's called. And we, well, we're, I'm not planning on hitting this next week. I don't know what the message is next week, but, you know, there's that place, the dripping, the drippy faucet, the nagging wife, you know, or whatever. You just keep going and going and going. Um, if, if we do that all the time, we're not going to have a relationship. It's not going to be satisfying if we just start with the to do's and what can you do for me and would you get this done? And our relationship with God, He loves it when we bring our requests to Him. He wants us to bring our needs to Him, even though He knows it. It's like we want our children sometimes to ask us, even though we know the answer. We love it when they ask us. Our Father loves it when He asks. But the way Jesus said to start off is begin by praise, begin by thanking, enter His gates. With thanksgiving and into his courts with praise, give thanks to him and praise his name. Start with praise. Three expressions of praise. I don't have this for your notes. You can put it if you want extra credit, put it off on the side. Adoration, praising God for who he is. Uh, Affirmation, praising God for his promises he's made. Appreciation, thanking God for what he's done. It's kind of what we're heading towards for thanksgiving, to give us a grateful heart and a thankful heart. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. The second part of the prayer is purpose. God tells us, or Jesus tells us that begin with purpose. So begin with praise, then go to purpose. Then go to purpose. I commit myself to God's purpose and will for my life. Your kingdom come, your will be done. When we pray this part of the prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done, Let's think about it this way. Who's the most important person in a kingdom? Who's the most important person in the kingdom? Not a trick question. It's the queen or the king, right? The king, let's just say that in this case, is a king. We, have, we had a queen for 70 years. Now we got a king over in Britain. So the king is the most important person in a kingdom. And what is the purpose of that king? The purpose of that king is to rule and reign. And when we say his kingdom come, his will be done, we're saying, God, we want you to be king of our life. We want you to rule and reign. We want you to call the shots. We want to submit our will to your will. We're not praying, "Do as I would like done." We're praying, "Your will be done." Jesus prayed in the in the garden. uh, You know, he prayed for himself. Lord, take this cup from me. But nevertheless, your will be done. We're submitting to God and His authority. The third is provision. I ask God to provide for my needs. Give us today. Our daily bread. Now, this goes back to do we believe we have a God that cares for us or a God that's indifferent? If we come from a place that we believe we have a Heavenly Father who loves us and cares for us, we can believe with our whole heart that God wants to provide for us, that God wants to take care of us, that God wants to help us. Give us today our daily bread. One of the ways when we talked about um, generous giving as a part of a believer, one of the reasons, biggest reasons that we give is because we're saying, God, we trust you, that you're providing for us, that you've given us. My job to me. You've given my family our income. You are the one. Yes, we could say it's because I worked hard that food's on the table and we have the house that we have. But really, if we're a believer for a follow of Jesus, we're going, man, we may be good at what we do, we may be good in business, we may be good at teaching, we may be good at whatever we do. But God has given us those gifts. And when we give back to Him first, we're saying, God, I trust. That you are providing for me. I ask God to provide for our needs. This is a place where we begin to pray to our needs. The third, the fourth thing is pardon. I ask God to forgive my sins and forgive us our debtors. And forgive us our debts, excuse me. And forgive us our debts. I want to share with you a little, some, a few things on this one. Um, There's a few subtitles under this part. And it's what I call. The Four Steps to Freedom and Forgiveness. Because Jesus came to set us free. He came to set us free from our sin. He he came to forgive us of our sin. And to experience freedom and forgiveness, there's some things that the Scripture is rich in. And, And the first one is this. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal every sin. King David said this, examine me, O God, and know my mind. Test me and discover my thoughts. Find out if there's any evil in me. God knows if there is anyway, but this is saying, God, I just give you permission to every area of my life. And if there's something that I'm missing, if there's something I'm not seeing, if there's something that my eyes are blind to, I, want you to re- I don't want there to be anything that's keeping me from being free in, in my spirit and in my walk with you. Confess. The second thing is confess each sin specifically. You will never succeed. That was King David was the one that wrote the first one. This is King Solomon. This is his son. This is the, known as the wisest uh, man to ever live. You will never succeed, he says, in life if you try to hide your sins. Confess them and give them up. Then God will show mercy to you. God wants to show his mercy. He wants to extend his grace. But there's a place that we need to come and confess. I mean, coming to God, the first step in coming to God is confessing that I'm a sinner. It's hard to admit we're wrong. We don't like to admit we're wrong, but we have to come to the place and say, God, you're right, I'm wrong, I've sinned, I need your forgiveness. That's the starting place, but confess. Have you ever had someone uh, apologize and it was pathetic, maybe you've given one of those pathetic apologies. When it was just like, you know, maybe to get out of an argument, you don't really agree, and you think, I really didn't do that, but if I've done anything to offend you, I'm sorry. What's that mean to you? Nothing. It means absolutely nothing. What means something to you is when someone says, I'm sorry for doing this. I'm sorry that I said that. It means so much more when it's specific. And God knows those things in our life. So it leads to the next thing. Make restitution with others when necessary. Four steps to freedom and forgiveness. Make restitution to others when necessary. When you remember your brother has something against you, go at once and make peace with him. Then come back and offer your gift to God. I... Think this is something that should happen a lot more in the Christian life and in the church. There should be a lot more of this and we should be the best at saying two words, I'm sorry. It should roll off our tongue a lot easier than anybody else. It should be a, a, a staple of our vocabulary, not to do things and just and, and, and greasy grace and just do things and I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but it should come easier to the believer to say the words, I'm sorry, to make restitution, to make things right. Um, This doesn't happen all the time, but this is a rare thing that took place last Sunday night after trunk or treat. Um, I received a call out of the blue, a call that I was not expecting, a call from someone uh, from my past, a call from someone who said, pastor, I want to say I'm sorry to you. And they just didn't say, I'm sorry for whatever. They went to something specific. It had been long enough. I didn't remember what that specific was. I was trying to recollect, but I didn't recollect what that was. But you know what? It wasn't so much for me. It was for the other person. I had forgotten about it. I had forgot what that specific thing was until I was reminded of it. But you know who was set free? The person on the other end of the phone was set free. You could sense the freedom that they felt for something that wasn't on my mind or my thoughts. When, 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 when we make restitution with others, we're setting ourselves free. We are finding freedom and forgiveness when we make restitution and try to make it right with others. And lastly, by faith, accept God's forgiveness. 1 John 1.9, I love this, one of my favorite verses in the Scripture. If we confess our sins, God is faithful To an unfaithful people, to an unfaithful me, God is faithful and just and will forgive your sins and purify you from all unrighteousness. He'll make you pure. He'll make you holy as he is holy. It's so important that we get this. So important. If we don't forgive, we can't be forgiven either and i tried to look at that last passage and look at it over and over cuz so often i think you know but there's a good excuse for this one <laughs> there's a good excuse for not forgiving here there's there's not good ex- there's god doesn't accept any excuse that it's good enough it doesn't mean it's difficult doesn't mean it's not hard it doesn't mean that it won't take the grace of god to help you do it but when you forgive someone you're not letting them off the hook you're letting yourself off the hook you're trusting it to God and say, God, it's on your hook. It's not on my hook. It's for you to take care of it. When you forgive someone, you're not letting the other person off the hook. God will take care of that, whatever that is. You're letting yourself off the hook. And that's where freedom comes. These four steps to freedom and forgiveness. And then the last two things um, in the prayer, the fifth part is people. I pray for other people as we also have forgiven our debtors. As God has forgiven us, as Christ has forgiven us, we are called to forgive others. And as we pray for other people, I don't know, we've all been guilty of this, but just say, hey, I'm praying for you. And um, then hopefully we are praying for them. But then sometimes I think we're meant to be maybe part of the answer. (laughs) Maybe sometimes when we pray, we say, God, is there something I can do? Is, Is there something I can do to help? There's a story of several women who were visiting an elderly, Mrs. Smith, who was very ill. After a while, they rose to leave, and they told her, darling, we will keep you in our prayers. And the woman replied, just wash the dishes in the kitchen. I can do my own praying. I think there's times where we're called to be more than just praying for people. I think there's times that if we're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, there's going to be times where God says, you know what? You can't fix the whole thing, but you could take them to dinner. You you can't solve that whole situation, but you can cry with them. You, You can be a part of offering comfort and love to someone else. As we pray for others, let's also ask God, God, where might I be part of your answer? And finally, protection. I ask for spiritual protection from God and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This should be a part of our daily prayers. We are in a battle. There's a spiritual battle taking place. And there is someone who's for us. God is for us. And there is an enemy. And whether you want to call him the devil, Satan, or whatever, there is an enemy you don't have to believe in them, but I'm just telling you, it's kind of like when I was growing up, uh, I was had my cousins that I never saw. You know those cousins that never show up, and all of a sudden, they go, oh, we got more cousins. I didn't know <laughs> we had these guys. And so there was four cousins that showed up on our doors, my dad's brother who we never saw, and they came from a very strict upbringing. I grew up from a pretty strict upbringing, but this was really, really strict. And I remember we were about the same grade. This cousin of mine that I just met, he was in the third grade. We had a two-level, bi-level home, and he was watching at the top of the stairs. All the rest of us kids watch TV, and he never joined us. He never joined. I didn't know what the deal. Was. So I was just trying to be light and welcoming to our home. So I went up there and I said, "Hey, um, we're all watching TV down here. If you want to come down, you can watch TV with us." And he goes, "Ah." Uh, Uh, We don't believe in TV. I didn't know what that meant as a third grader or whatever, so I always said the only thing I could think of. I said, well, it's real. (laughs) You know? He didn't come down. Uh, There is a real enemy of our soul. And whether we pay attention to it or not, he's battling against you every single day. He's battling against us every single moment. So we can deny that there's a battle going on, but he's not in denial. There is a battle going on, and he wants you to lose. He wants you to quit. He wants you to give up on your faith. He wants you to give up on your marriage. He wants you to give up on your parents. He wants you to give up on your kids. He wants you to give up on school. He wants you to give up on your, He wants you to quit. The enemy is on the battlefield every single day. He's showing up without fail. He wants you to fail. He wants you and me to fail. He wants us to fail. But there is a victor of our soul who's battling for us every day. And he wants us to come to him. And even when we fall into the hands of the enemy, he's saying, I'm here, I'm here to pick you back up. Let me help you. I'm for you. I'm not against you. God wants to help us get the victory. First John four four says, The spirit who is in you is more powerful than the spirit who belongs in this world. We have an enemy that needs to be respected, but we need to know who's the victor and who has authority, and who has the power. And when we don't pray for spiritual protection, when we don't come to God every day and asking God for spiritual protection, we're denying ourselves one of the benefits that God wants to give us. He wants to help us. He wants to give us victory. And sometimes that victory comes through some of the other six things we talked about. Sometimes it's when we throw up our hands, we don't know what to do, and we just worship. And we worship God. Sometimes it's We don't have the strength on our own, so God puts us in a life group. He puts us in a community of Bible-believing people that love me for who I am, but love me, that want to see me be stronger, and so we have accountability. We have people in our lives. We have authentic community. But God wants to help us to spiritually protect us. Would you pray with me this morning? Heavenly Father, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed this morning, you've been here these last seven weeks maybe just think upon some of these things what is it God's spoken to you the most about is it that you need to be with other believers you need to be an authentic community is it that you need to give up the things and just worship God and, and you need to turn this over to him and begin to worship him even though you don't understand what's going on Uh, Is God asking you to serve as some of you stepped up and served? uh, To serve your neighbors, not just in the church, but outside? Is God asking you, and in this season, uh, is He asking you to be a part of joyful generosity and to be one of those givers and to grow in that area of your faith? Whatever God is asking you to do, is your answer going to be yes? It's going to be, Maybe later, not yet. Maybe today as we talked about prayer, you may have resonated with the prayer I prayed earlier that sometimes I feel ineffective. God's for us. God loves you. God's not interested in a perfect prayer. He's interested in a heart that's after him. And there's something about When we pray, even though he knows every thought that we have, there's something about like a child who comes to his parents and the parents already know what's going on, but when we say, I need you, God wants to be the father to you, maybe a father you've never had. Maybe the greatest thing you could receive today, whether you're watching online or whether you're in this room, is to experience the wonderful peace of pardon, to be forgiven of your sins, To receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, to make Him the King of your heart and soul and life. Your head's bowed and your eyes closed. I don't know what it is this morning, but especially that last one, if you just haven't experienced the peace, we're getting ready to head into Christmas and the peace that Christ came to give us through His Son. If you're here today and God's prompting your heart, I'm going to take a step of faith. I'm going to give Jesus my heart and my life. No one looking around, just you, me, and God, but just raise your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you, call you out, but I'm just going to want to pray with you before we leave today. Just raise your hand. I want Jesus in my heart. Thank you. I want Jesus in my heart. I want to trust him. Anybody else this morning? Put it down. Anybody else this morning? Thank you. Heavenly Father, thank you that you loved us so much that you sent your only son to die on a cross for our sins. To pardon us, to forgive us, Lord, I pray for those who raise their hand this morning. That right now, that they receive you by faith. We're saved by grace through faith, so that no one can boast. We don't earn our way. We don't. We don't work our way into a relationship in heaven with you. We receive it as a gift. So do we receive that now, Lord? I pray for each and every one of my friends in here and watching online. Whatever you prompted them to think about. As we think about this series, I pray, Lord, that you would give them the courage to respond in obedience. And maybe they just need the courage to accept your love for them, that you're for them, that you're not against them. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would help us to receive what you have for each and every one of us. Lord, we love you today. And maybe we could pray this as we close and. Finish out this series, and you may not know the words. Those of you that do, that's fine, and it might be different translations, but let's just pray that Lord's Prayer together if you know it. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts. As we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Have a great rest of your week. Can't wait to see you next Sunday. Go be his hands and feet this week. God bless you.